I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong, where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Hey, hey, before we jump into today's session, I'd like to take a moment to invite you to become a part of the First Gen Lounge family. I like to say that it's goodness beyond the podcast and where I share with you exclusive offers, resources to navigate life and entrepreneurship and event information. So when this conversation comes to an end, head on over to www.thefirstgenlounge.com forward slash family to join. I've even dropped a link in the show notes to make it easy for you. All right, now let's get into it. So y'all already know what it is. Today is what day? It's Thursday. And what is Thursday? Your favorite day. Now it's your favorite day. Okay, yeah, whatever. Uh, so I am super, super thrilled to have somebody on the show today who has really been, gosh, vital in what I have become over these past few months. And this is somebody who's been a true supporter of everything that has been going on with the First Gen Lounge since we met. And it just brings me no greater pleasure than to have the Dempress guest with us today. Dempress, what's up, friend? Hi, I'm just thankful to be here. And, and thank you for those kind words. I think it's definitely been a journey for the both of us just to see the intersection of our lives and the intention. Absolutely. You know, and I love to, because, you know, you have a birthday coming up. Shout out to you. Thank you. Um, and it's like, you're a Sagittarius. I'm an Aquarius. So my best friends, like all but one are Sagittarius. So like, right. we just were going <laughs> to hit it off anyway. Okay. That's why we do. That's how we do in the Zodiac. I'm one of them Zodiac people. It's like, you know, the stars align. I believe that, you know, you believe in so many things with the astrology thing. Right. There's some truth to that. <laughs> There's definitely some truth to it. So yeah. So Dempress, you know, and it's funny, I've never heard your name first or last before. So you have the most unique name, but I, I love it. And since we met, I was like, oh, this is really nice. But yeah, but so Dempress, tell the people about you. Tell the family, you know, who you are and where you're from and about all the amazing things that you're doing. So I am Dempress Gaskew. I was born in South Carolina, but I was raised in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And for me, I'm also the CEO of Female Initiative LLC, which is a professional development organization. And I'm also a keynote speaker within the community. And as of October 31st, a certified community leader. And for me, what my journey has looked like was advocacy. Once I started to notice that there wasn't a lot of representation and a lot of African-Americans that looked like me. And being honest, at some point it used to make me angry because I couldn't understand why I didn't see more people that looked like me when I was looking for internships as a first-generation student or when I needed recommendation letters or whatever the case may be. But then I had to have a moment with myself that if I don't 
see the representation, then I have to choose to be that representation and to stop waiting for someone or something to save me, but to become the person and mentor that I needed. Mm, be the mentor that you needed. So in the work that you're doing with the Mel Initiative, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Because I know that's really the foundation of things that you're doing as an entrepreneur. Right. So the premise of the Mail Initiative was while I'm finalizing my master's in education, I wanted a professional development structure that focused on learning outcomes, goals and objectives. Because oftentimes what I found, I was a student ambassador on campus. And so when we were hiring companies, one thing that I noticed was it was great motivation in that moment and in that day. But most of the speakers that we had, the conversations weren't applicable beyond that one presentation or that one thing because there was no relevance. It was someone that did extremely well in selling their platform, but they didn't necessarily have the passion or they didn't on a day-to-day represent what it was that they were speaking about. And so for me, it's about having people with the heart first and a background in education and making sure that they have the leadership trainings that they need and I'm able to write the curriculum to justify for nonprofits as well as for-profits why it is that you need the organization, what the outcomes will be, and make sure that they are measured. Okay, okay, okay. I like that. What has been the most challenging part of what you're doing? Because you're mixing two fields, essentially, education and mental health, which people don't really think about. Like, education is a whole thing of itself, and such is mental health. But what is that like for you, if you could tell the people, and especially for those who may be interested in pursuing the same work that you're doing? Um, I think the most challenging part was being transparent. Because for me, when I started and I started talking about mental health and professional development, people wanted to know why it was something that I was interested in. Mm. And so I had to start talking about depression and anxiety and um, a stress disorder that I was diagnosed with in 2018. I had to have those real conversations and they were the most uncomfortable, but they were the most rewarding in terms of being able to just finally let certain burdens go and for African-Americans, specifically African-American males, to understand that mental health is something that's important and it needs to be integrated into professional development, personal development, and every aspect of our life because our perspective determines our reality, our outlook, and the way that we conduct ourselves. And I had to continue to find the strength to keep fighting every day and And to understand that every little step you take is progress. Because even for me, graduating with this grad certificate in school leadership, that's a milestone. But what was the most significant milestone for me when I was at an age in depression that I was ready to check out? Getting out of bed was a milestone for me at some point because I didn't want to. But I had to find the courage to do so. And I had to really find my inner strength to work based upon purpose and to keep going. So you mentioned transparency and you have been completely transparent, like real early. So I'm really appreciative of that. Let me say that because you talk about having, you know, the anxiety and the depression and a stress disorder, things that people, especially in our community, we don't talk about much because it's private and it's my business. What was it? What happened for you to just say, I need to talk about this because it takes strength 
And it takes courage to be able to put yourself out there, especially in a way that makes you really vulnerable. Uh, what was that for you? What was that moment that you were just like, I, I got to say something. This got to change. Honestly, the moment was when I was in sixth grade, that's when the depression started to kick in. So from sixth grade to, I'll say, 10. And so a good chunk of my life. But the changing point was when I was in eighth grade, and I've never talked about this, but when I was in eighth grade, I was in this summer camp. And I was there with my friends and my colleagues, and I felt so empty. And that was the moment where I felt I didn't want to be present anymore. I was ready to go. And that was the first and only attempt. Mm. It's great. And just to be that young, looking back on it now, and just to say, I'm ready to check out and to not live anymore. That's where I was, though. And what happened was a couple years ago, one of my cousins, she was here and we got to talking and I just felt the need to tell her my story. And we cried together. She shared some things and it just made me realize this mental health really does affect more people than we like to admit. And I realized within our community, we have a habit of self-medicating, whether that be people that smoke or drink or even use sex as a supplement to fill voids. And I just started to realize different habits once I joined the National Alliance on Mental Illness and just realizing the symptoms as well as the self-sabotage. Mm. And then I realized how toxic the cycle was that I had first to speak up and to, um, and to break that cycle. And so it's just something that I choose to integrate and I wanted to allow myself a platform to be able to speak freely with transparency because it did make some people uncomfortable when I started talking about mental illness and mental wellness. Mm. So how did having, you know, this this bout with mental health impact influence your college experience those four years? You know, because I know my anxiety and depression kicked in my freshman year of college. It was more anxiety that became depression. But, you know, I just kind of, eh, eh, you know, didn't do much about it, to be honest. Didn't do a lot of talking about it. Took my medication in silence and, um, you know, kind of kept it, kept it going and right. eventually took myself off the medication, which now I know I should have never done. But I, I didn't really realize how much then, because you were more aware early, much earlier than I was. So... I didn't realize that I needed a bit more support in some things, but nonetheless, I did. So I think there are things that would have been better for me if I had just gotten the help that I needed. But saying that to say, you know, again, for you, how were you able to navigate the collegiate experience with mental health or, you know, what did you do? How was it for you? How did it help you? How did it hinder you? The hindrance for me was that, so when I graduated, just to give perspective from high school, I graduated top 10 of my class. I was like number eight or nine. I was the president of the poetry club. And so I wrote and recited the poem at graduation. And I was coming off of a 3.5 GPA. And then I did a summer camp at Fayetteville State University. So I came to school with a 4.0 GPA. And I was on a full scholarship mm. and I was doing extremely well. And then I failed my first semester mm. and stopped going to class in like October. That was the, I guess, milestone that let me know that I, I wasn't as okay as I thought I was. Mm. Because I went from 4.0 to failing all my classes in the first semester. And the reason was 
One, I was angry because I didn't feel I had preparation for college. I knew to go, but once I got there, I didn't know what to do with myself. And it was a freedom that I had never had. And for me, I think because I did so well in school, I didn't necessarily think I would have to, I knew I'd have to be present, but I, being honest, I didn't think I'd have to actually try as hard as I did mm. and I think I, I was not I think I know I was scared because it was the first moment I realized being intelligent alone means nothing if it's not applicable and if you're not studying and if you're not motivating yourself and so I just felt like I was an AG student I was in honor classes I graduated with credits I'm not supposed to have to try so hard and then I felt because I had to try so hard that Maybe I'm not as smart or as good as I thought I was, that maybe this just isn't for me. And so I just went through those phases. And what happened was after I failed that first semester, being on Christmas break, the conversation I had was my family coming home for Christmas. And they were just saying how proud they were and all these things. And in my mind, I was like, I don't know why you're so proud. I just felt my first semester. But it gave me perspective and let me know to keep going because I didn't know how many people I had looking up to me. And then I had cousins and people coming up to me asking about college and about school. And it really made me understand that I have to be that example and I have to keep pushing and keep going. And one thing I learned that mental health is like exercise. You have to exercise your mind in the same way you exercise your body body to have the elasticity and endurance and the tenacity to keep going because you're going to have your dark days but there's always a rainbow after the rain and so we have to look forward to that that's real and what i love that you said and i don't realize if you realize that you said it is how even your family and you being first generation in realizing what you were changing within your family even compelled you to get well. Amazing how our families can be motivating factors right. uh, and how one thing that may not seem even related was directly related. You not doing well in school, but school is this thing like, oh my gosh, Deborah, you're breaking the generational curses. You're doing something nobody else has done, but your mental health was a hindrance to that success. And so to say, I got to do something about this was really bold of you. And again, I say courageous because some people won't do anything at all. They just take that L, especially as a man, right? A black man from, you know, outside like in what we're told about black men is that you all don't get the help you need. You know, you're not addressing your mental health. You know, you're you're shameful or so taboo. But right. like, nah, yes. like I'm different and I'm going to do what I need to, to do to get help. And I couldn't have said it better. I love how you said how you exercise your body. You have to exercise your mind. And, you know, that's how we think and what we read and what we consume, like through television and through music, all these things, because we start thinking, 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 thinking. And I know if you're anything like myself, you're always thinking. <laughs> you're a deep thinker, but that's because, you know, you see the value in making sense of things. Things like rather than things just being shallow. So, I mean, for me, again, example, not to just make it all about me, but I think about how sensitive this is because I wish I, again, I really wish Dempers, I was more transparent about having mental health issues. I wish that I knew what that meant as well. But um, for me to be a thinker and an empath, I'd even say that every time I see RIP, somebody passed away, it just does something to me. And then I'm thinking, 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 I'm thinking about my own mortality, thinking about, you know, how I can avoid getting into the same situation somebody got into, you know, because of how they pass and it just becomes so much. But that's the anxiety. <laughs> you know, it won't let me sleep. So, hey, 
But yeah, but kind of fast forwarding, when you think about what it means to be transparent, because I know transparency is something that is really big to you and all the work that you do. And you've been very, tra- very transparent with me since we met. And again, I really love that about you because I feel like, you know, you straight no chaser. Like if you're looking for the real, talk to difference. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not for real. I'm also for real. Right. So I was like thinking about um, thinking about being transparent. How do you encourage others to be transparent about what they're going through and getting to see that transparency is not necessarily a negative thing because people, again, have the tendency to think because I'm transparent or I'm being vulnerable, that makes it a bad thing. So I'm going to keep my business to myself. What are your thoughts? One thing I learned is in, in being transparent, you find transparent people. And what I learned is our natural traits bring out those natural traits in other people. And so for me, I was transparent because one, I'm actually naturally an introvert. And so for me, I had a lot of anxiety in meeting people mm. and then graduating and being first generation. And in my last year, I graduated in three years, but in my last year, we had to do an internship. And I decided to do that internship with public relations agency on campus because my degree is in communication. And so as ironic as it was, I still got anxious talking to other people because I still felt inadequate because I'm around people that are twice my age all day long. I'm the youngest one here. I'm still a minority in many settings. And so for me, it just became the thing that connected me to people. And people just felt like they could confine in me. And I started to understand people needed something real. People were tired of living a different life on social media. And what I found when I was looking on my social media was that so many people were crying out for help that I just needed to be in here and listen. And that's all. They didn't need a response. They just needed someone that cared enough to listen and cared enough to say, hey, are you okay? Mm, I know that's real. <laughs> like Literally, I know that's real. They just needed somebody to listen. Do you ever feel drained at all by people dumping on you, for lack of better words? No, I actually don't because it's a healing process for me. Mm. It allows me to heal. I've noticed that in, in terms of mental health and what's been my coping mechanism outside of exercise and the essential oils and things of that nature. But I noticed that every time I'm able to speak into someone else's life, the, the chips and the guards that are up continue to die off. And it really just allows me to understand that I'm not alone. And I think the isolation was what got me most, thinking that I was the only person going through certain experiences. And so the more I talk about it, the more free I feel because I'm not burdened with these things and I'm not holding myself back or feeling like I can't talk about certain experiences. Every time that I'm able to release that or have that exchange with someone, I I just feel empowered to have the strength to talk about it and to understand that the suffering, the journey really isn't about me it's about someone Mm. else that needs to hear that story that we have to give people positive things to digest and allow them to be human Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with you more and you know we're both very big in personal development as well and just thinking about what it means to continue to grow as a person and what I find is that our power lies in our truth and what that means is once you can fully embrace who you are all of the good and the bad, you can truly start living. 
And at that point, you know, there are no limits, you know, to what you can do, who you can become. Uh, but I want to change pace for just a second and, and ask you something. I mean, still on topic, but, you know, related. At this point, you know, with all that you've experienced with mental health, with going to school, with graduating, with career transitions, being well, being transparent, what are some of the major life lessons that you've learned thus far that if you can go back and tell your 18 year old self that you would share? Oh, that's an emotional one. I think the first thing I'd tell my 18 year old self would be that keep your head up king because one day you're gonna realize why you couldn't die in the moments that you wanted to. That's the first thing I'd say to myself. And I just give myself a hug. I I needed that embrace and I needed that warmth. And honestly, those, those are the two things because certain moments in life just felt impossible mm. <laughs> mm. let me sit with that for a minute <laughs> you know you just got me with that one I, w- I wasn't ready I said that because all the moments that you wanted to give up but it was just you how did you find the value in yourself because far too often we don't see our own value and you just could have just completely given up how did you change how did you start to see that that goodness in yourself what was it well, um, as I said, I'm naturally an introvert and I remember one experience. So it's ironic how things happen in divine timing. So in my first semester, well, my second, I didn't fail that semester. Um, the second semester, I had, I, I took a public speaking course and I was extremely nervous, but my professor, she just seemed to understand me because she never called me out, but she always wrote heartwarming notes on my papers. She just always knew what I needed. And I'm not talking the sentence or I'm not talking about the technical errors. I mean, she would write paragraphs. She just really understood me. And then my second to last semester, I had her again for a voice and diction course. And I wrote a piece that I wanted to, we were able to choose the perspective and I did the piece as if I was a entrepreneur and I was having a grand opening for my business. And I was speaking to my younger self and when I got done, the whole class was silent and she asked me, she said, did you write this? And I said, yes. And she said to me, she said, people need to hear this. You make sure that you don't give up your background. And it just made me realize that I really do have a value and that I have to be here because someone is suffering right now. And it would be selfish of me not to share my story when I know it's needed to heal someone else because I need it. So I think that's really interesting because, again, it's also, you know, the idea of other people being able to see something in us, too. And it's not that we can't see things in ourselves, but I think there's value in people seeing things in us for us to be able to see things in ourselves, which is really outstanding that you had that person in your life to also just kind of push the envelope, but uh, to also affirm and validate your experiences as well. So I'm loving that. So thinking about what's next for you, what are you hoping the next 10 years looks like in your life and all the work that you do and the people that you hope to touch? Oh, the next 10 years. Within the next 10 years, I would love to be in a place that business is thriving. I've hired and and contracted people that are very enthusiastic about the work that they do and that I have a partnership with 
universities, HBCUs specifically, to allow college students to go into these high schools and to provide personal professional development trainings that will lead these students into generational wealth, teach them financial literacy and other skills that we know to be missing specifically within minority education and just to be able to put those things back in the students' hands because if the education system won't do it then I'll go ahead and do it and it's something that's extremely important to me and just teaching other people what success looks like not in terms of a title but in terms of growth on a daily basis and just becoming better people and to just make positive contributions to society and to really be the role models that they did not have I think oftentimes and I was, I was victim to this a lot of times I use the excuse that because I didn't have representation I didn't know any better and I had to learn to stop making excuses for myself because once I realized what the issues were what I was missing it was a choice to either continue to self-sabotage or to become the person that I needed to grow up and to be mature I'm with that absolutely with that and I'm looking forward to seeing how everything unfolds because I know if you said it it's gonna happen (laughs) like I know that so I'm like okay now I appreciate what you've been able to share with us about just your future and what you're doing. Like, I'm really excited, but curious on another side note, what are you reading right now? Are you reading anything? What's, what's on your itinerary? My itinerary is 1865. It's definitely, of course, your book, but I've noticed since I met you that you've always given food for thought and you yourself have uh, always, since I've met you, been extremely encouraging and transparent. And just to be able to read from someone that has overcome just so much and and really been a representation for first-generation students and graduates, you're definitely on the top of the list for me to read and just to have that perspective and understanding. Mm. Well, that really does mean a lot to me. Like, seriously, (laughs) it really, it really does. When I hear people have engaged with the work that I'm doing and when I'm able to talk like one-on-one to get to know you know, you all, it really does something to my spirit because it, I mean, for me, it honestly validates this dream of mine and it encourages me to keep going. Like you ever have those moments where you're just like, I'm not really sure if this is right. I don't know if, you know, that was the good decision or is this, is this going to go over well? And I felt like that so many times, you know, when some of the things that I've done. So just to hear that from you, I'm really grateful for that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are definitely at a point of this conversation where we're, we're going to have to say bye-bye because, you know, we don't want to keep everybody all day. But we love them and we'd love to have you out here. We, get, we can talk. We can talk. <laughs> you know, that, that thing that I ask everyone, this is one of my favorite questions. And I think, you know, I'm going to start thinking more about it myself. But if you have one piece of advice, one thought, one thing that you want to share with us to hold for the rest of our lives to remember you by or otherwise, what would that be? I think the one thing that I would want to leave people is that out of all the people that are here walking this earth, your life is so important that you have to be created to do something that no one else can do like you. And I just hope that people find that within themselves to really understand that we are very tenacious people and that you have the strength within you. Mm. Again, the strength within you 
to overcome everything that you will go through and it's easier said than done but life truly is a journey and it's up to us to get to where we're supposed to be at our pace oh you know I really like talking to you (laughs) (laughs) and we could do this a thousand times with Debris thank you for sharing those words and thank you for all of the time that you've given us today for your wisdom, for your truth, for your transparency. Oh, that'd be a great, you know, truth and transparency. We're going we gonna to roll with that. I am looking forward to, again, seeing all the things that, you know, will unfold for you on this journey. Please know that we as a First Knowledge family are here to support you in your every endeavor and wishing you a very, very happy birthday. Um, on that note. Thank you. And thank you for having me. You're so welcome. So what on social media do you want us to find you? Because you know that people are going to be looking. Yes. So my name on my social media accounts is Dempris Gaskew. D-E-M-P-R-I-S-G-A-S-Q-U-E. And you'll also have a link to my business account as well. Awesome. 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 Good stuff. Well, Dempris Gaskew. And I'm like, dang, I just realized I said that wrong. I'm saying it wrong. Gaskew. It's <laughs> no, still a name I've never heard. Yeah. Right, <laughs> <But, I know. laughs> But uh, we're definitely, you know, looking forward to everything. And again, thank you and wishing you well. Thank you. Before you go, I just want to take the time to say thank you again for tuning in, for being in this space. I really appreciate you. Now, if any part of the show did anything for you, then pass the word. Tell a friend, you know, text, email, DM. Let them know about the First Gen Lounge so we can continue to inspire others that are around us. I want you to come back and kick it again. But in the meantime, keep pressing forward.